Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. You're on live with six points at 6 a.m. Grab your Bible, grab a notepad. Today's episode, we're we're going to discuss what to do if you are a lukewarm Christian. What do I do? If I'm a lukewarm Christian, if I'm not on fire for God, what do I need to do? We're going to discuss that today because Jesus gives us the answer to it. So I'm excited to get into it with you this morning. This is actually part two of a two-part series. If you're watching live, you were in tune, you tuned in yesterday and you saw the first part to it. If you're not watching live, you're listening on audio podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you heard the first part. This is the second part to the first part of being a lukewarm Christian. So today we're going to get into this, grab a notepad, grab a Bible, let's pray, and then we're going to get right into this passage. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day. You've given us another day to be thankful and rejoice, so we will be glad in it and we will rejoice in it. And Lord, we just take this time to worship you, read your word, spend spend our morning, our first part of our morning in your word, learning finding out what you've said to us, what you've said about us. And we just thank you, Lord, for it. I pray over every person under the sound of my voice now that they would be helped, empowered, equipped, and ready for the day that's ahead of them and the time that's ahead of them, that you'd protect them, you'd keep them, and you'd guide them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Turn with me into your Bible to the the third chapter of Revelation, and we're going to get into discussing what lukewarm Christianity is. I think if Jesus mentioned it, would you agree that it's an important topic for us to talk about? There's seven churches that Jesus discusses in the end times in the book of Revelation, and these seven churches and the examples that he gives of what they go through are exact situations, scenarios, and things that churches today are and will experience. And I find it extremely intriguing that the last church that he mentions is the Laodicean church, which is the lukewarm church. So it leads me to believe, I'm not saying this is uh, prophetic, but it leads me to believe that one of the last signs that we will see is lukewarm Christians roaming and existing in within the body of Christ. Uh, one of the things that we do know is factual is that in second Timothy, we see in multiple places that Jesus, uh, or rather Paul says to Timothy and to the churches there, that there will be a great falling away of people. Uh, Jesus mentioned it in Matthew 24, Luke 18, or Luke 21. He mentions that these, in these end times, there will be people who depart from the faith. Well, I'm putting one and two together, and based on this Laodicean church, you're very close to falling away if you're a lukewarm Christian, you're not on fire for God. So I don't want to recap on point number one. So you know how we do six points at 6 a.m. in the morning. We went through one of the points yesterday. It was actually pretty interesting because I actually have a seventh point to this particular series, and we only got through one yesterday. So today we actually have six points. So let's dig into these. Point number one, you'll have to go to part one to listen to that. But let's start with point number two in this two-part series, and that is that Jesus's counsel to the lukewarm is found in Revelation chapter three. Jesus's counsel or instruction or guidance, like a guidance counselor, he instructs and counsels those that are lukewarm on what to do. So let's take our verse here, Luke, I'm sorry, not Luke, but I'm reading the heading of the passage. It's lukewarm church, and that's the Laodicean church. Revelation chapter three, let's start in verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, 
These things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, you're neither cold or hot. I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you. So Jesus now is offering counsel, advice, guidance, help, instruction, direction for those that are lukewarm. You can't find this type of instruction in many other places that's directed towards the lukewarm. God gives these particular instructions through Paul, through Jesus, through Luke, who writes the book of a part portion of the book of Acts. He gives instruction to these people on what to do in times of Christianity, how to be on fire for God. But it's rarely speaking directly to a, a someone who's been called out as lukewarm. Uh, listen to what he says. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and open the doors, I will come in. So there's important topics here that Jesus discusses in Revelation chapter 3. He instructs them to get something from him. You're lukewarm. You've got a problem. First of all, I want to touch on this and then we'll get into these points. How do you know that you're lukewarm? How do you know that you're lukewarm? This church didn't recognize it. I want to help you for a second. You may not recognize that you're lukewarm. You may not specify some things that are going on in your life that determine that you're lukewarm. It's going to take someone preaching. It's going to take someone teaching. It's going to take someone explaining. It's going to take someone hurting your feelings that says you're not on fire. You've got some things in your life that you need to work out. Otherwise, this Laodicean church would have figured it out themselves. Otherwise, this Laodicean people, they would have realized that there's something that they're doing incorrectly and been able to figure out that thing for themselves so that they could get on the right path again. But they didn't. He knew the works. They were in the middle of works that they were doing every day. They were in the middle of their normal, everyday life, doing what they do. In fact, they were serving within the church because he's speaking to the church of the Laodiceans, and he says, I know your works. So they're doing works. It's not that they're sitting around. He has another church that he speaks to that's dead. They're not on fire for God. He speaks to another church that is loveless. They've lost the first love. No, he's talking to a specific church that's dealing with certain things and the people within it the lukewarm laodiceans he says i know your works you're neither hot or cold you're in the middle and now he gives counsel to it so number three come by from god b-u-y come by come purchase from god do business with him this is point number three i know we're starting in two Two is your point number one for today, so to speak. So we'll just say point number one was Jesus's counsel to the lukewarm was to buy from him. And uh, that Greek, that Greek word, let me, let me capture that because I wrote that down. That Greek word buy to purchase from is 
agorazo, which means to be in the marketplace and do business there or to redeem something from where you're purchasing or where you're shopping. So again, Jesus is saying, come buy from me. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich. And then we're going to go through these couple topics here that he, he tells you to buy from him. But the key here, he says, I counsel you. I'm giving you instruction. I'm guiding you here. I'm giving you some help for this lukewarm experience that you're going through. He says, come buy from me, agorazo, which means to be in the marketplace, be where the business is. That's what that word literally means. It's not so much that you're doing the purchasing, but he's saying, come buy from me. In other words, be where you can be to purchase things from me. Be where you need to be. So in terms of shopping, if you know where to go to get clothing, maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe, well, I see some people day to day that need some help on where to shop for clothing, but you know where to go to buy clothing. You know where to go to buy groceries. You know where to go. If you want to purchase a vehicle, you know where to go. If you need to buy shoes, if you need to purchase something for your home, if you, you know where to go, you need, you need something for your pets. There's places to go for these particular things. There's markets for them. Where when you go into that market, there's things on the shelf that apply to the thing that you need. What do you think the market is for your business doings with God? It's not your room. It's not your house. That's where you live. That's where you reside. God's house is the church house. That's where he resides. Well, are you saying I can never meet God in my closet? I didn't say you can't have a relationship with God outside of the church. But I'm not the one. You're not the one. A pastor's not the one that set up the establishment that God wants to meet his people in. That's the church house. He established this in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. He wants to uh, establish the ability for his people to go to a place where he can meet them all together at one time. It's not an individual uh, experience every time you go to the church house. It is a corporate experience, but that's the market that you go to. That's the place that you go to, to do business with God. I'm doing, I'm, I'm here to do business with God. I'm here to, to make things happen with God. Where does that take place? Where does that happen at the church house? That's where you go to meet God. you want, you want to be, anybody can sit at home and say that they're trying to get things right with God. Anybody can do that. It doesn't take a lot of work. That's like a theme nowadays is remote working. COVID did that to our society is remote working. I'm going to do things remotely. I'm going to do things from the house. I don't want to go into a place. Well, that, that attitude and that culture is spilling into the church. I don't have to be there. I mean, I can worship God from my house, but you don't worship the same way from your house. So to do business with God, you got to go to the place where God does business. That's his church house. And if you don't like that, take that up with God and let me know. Ask me, tell me, send a comment, uh, send me an email. How's that working out for you? You just privately on your own with nobody's help around, no accountability, no place to put your hand to something. Uh, Yeah, I'm serving God on my own. Okay, Mr. Laodicean, Mrs. Laodicean, let me know how that works for you. Because up until now, that has not worked for you. 
Up until now, you doing things the way you want to do them hasn't worked for you. So Jesus's instruction is meet him at the place that there is to do business. Number three or number number two for today, come by from God. Not only do you go to the place, he's saying included in that word agarazo, when you go to the place that there is to do business, he's saying now purchase from me, actually do business with me, make a transaction with me, redeem what you came to the place to get, redeem something from me. That's what that means when you purchase something is you're redeeming it. It's like redeeming a a ticket or a coupon. You now possess that item that you came to buy. You're redeeming it. And Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. He's redeemed us. So he's purchased us with his blood, with his life, with his sacrifice. So now we're going to the, the house of God, the place of business with God, so that we can purchase from him, do business with him, redeem the thing that we came to purchase from him there. Number four, this is one of the things that he tells us to redeem when we are at the place of doing business. Number one is gold. Purchase gold refined in fire. This is not investment advice. I'm not telling you to buy precious metals and substance from the earth because the currency is going bad. While all that's actually true, whether or not you believe it or not, that's all true statements. That's not the gold that Jesus was talking about. He said, this is gold refined by fire. And that can be likened to your faith. Let me give you an example of it. First Peter one and seven gold refined by fire, which would be your faith. Come redeem your faith from me. Jesus is the only one that can redeem your faith in him. You have faith for a lot of things. I have faith right now that this microphone is going to project into the amplifier. It's going to pull, the amplifier is going to pull the audio. It's going to plug it into the software. It's going to pitch it to you through the live stream and through the audio broadcast, wherever you're listening from. I have faith that this mic is going to work. Well, the faith for this microphone came from the people that created the microphone. They gave me faith and confidence that this works. Well, where do you get faith in God from? You get faith in God from the preaching and teaching of his word. How will you hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a preacher? Faith comes to you by hearing and hearing the word of God. First Peter one and seven says this. Um, what? That's right. First Peter one and seven says, uh, but also start in five, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. Verse seven, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things in, oh, I'm in second Peter. Sorry about that. First Peter one, seven. First Peter 1, 7, certain verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have seen, uh, uh, if now for a little while you have uh, been grieved by various trials, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is he saying? When you purchase, when you come to Jesus for your faith and you've received faith and confidence in Jesus by the word of, by the hearing of the word, that's not perishable. It's not meltable by events and things that it is proven. 
It is tested. That is confidence and faith that you can have rest. You can rest assured on that. It's going to produce for you what God promises it will produce for you. That what's the faith that you have confidence in the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the ability for you to stand firm. That is one of the things that will keep you from being lukewarm is having strong faith in the ability of Jesus Christ. And that's refined by fire, he's saying. It's gold. You come purchase from him gold refined by fire. That's one of the counsel subjects that he's telling us is come purchase this gold refined by fire, which can be likened to your faith in him. Uh, Number two. Uh, point number three today, uh, this would be point number four. What else is he telling us to purchase? He tells us to purchase white garments that is to be clothed in white garments to be clothed in turn uh, again, verse 18 of revelation three. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. That So turn with me now into uh, Isaiah 61 and 10. Isaiah 61. All the way to the middle of your Bible. Kind of past the middle a little bit. Isaiah 61. One more page. 61 and 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. What, what are you dressing yourself with? What are you putting on? He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My, jo- my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. So you can liken those to clothing yourself with the garments of salvation. This is what it does for you. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. This is what God has clothed you with. Not that you could do it of yourself. Righteousness is right standing with God. So you have to understand and you have to know. The Bible tells us in Hebrews to come boldly before the throne of grace. That's what you've been made able to do. You've been made right with God. You've been placed in right standing with God. Not by your own ability. Not by anything that you can do. All you have to do is receive the gift of righteousness that was provided to you. And that's what Jesus is is telling us here. Is be clothed with the garments that I've provided to you. Get rid of the nakedness. The exposed person that you are. That's That's who Adam made us to be the exposed person that that we have become through sin, Jesus now clothes us, covers us back up, uh, covers the shame up with this righteousness. How is, how is this that Jesus, these are the instructions that Jesus gave to us for removing lukewarmness? Because these are the things that you stray from that cause you to be lukewarm. You get too focused. People are so focused on, you know, people leave churches because they get offended from the people within the church. That doesn't show a blemish on the people within the church. There's, let me help you. There will always be flaky people in a church. Always. Always be flaky people in a church. 
But for someone to get offended by someone else in the church, whether it's me, you, somebody else, somebody gets offended by something that someone does in that church, whether right or wrong, it proves the true reason why that person was there in the first place. Not anything about the person that offended them, but it reveals something about the individual because they weren't there for the right reasons in the first place. There is no individual in that church that could cause me to, to feel, act, do a certain thing in a certain way to cause me to leave my church. No, that's not going to, that wouldn't be the, I didn't go there for them in the first place. They're not going to cause me to leave in the second place. I'm, I'm there because I'm there. I have a pastor who I've been called to, and I have a God that meets me there. Those two things, I, my God meets me at my church. That's where I'm called to be. I don't have anywhere else I need to go. And no person in that church is going to offend me, uh, uh, you know, get me off my rocker, so to speak. I'm clothed with righteousness. It's not the, none of these things are going to move me. So when I clothe myself with righteousness, my faith has been tried with fire and proven. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see that I'm, I'm going to become a true on fire person for God. I don't have to roll around on the ground and, you know, spit fire to be on fire for God. I just have to be a consistent individual who has the reasons in place to stay firm on the things of God. No, the, 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 the uh, righteousness and the, the clothed with the, this garments that God's provided me is nothing that I can do. I receive those things. And now my, my lukewarmness starts to melt away because I'm, I'm starting to feel who I really am, who I belong to, what I am. I'm not some begging, beggarly slave or some wicked person that's been saved. No, I am a new person. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that when you've received Jesus, when you place on these garments of righteousness, old things begin to pass away. All the old life passes away. You become a brand new creation. If you're a brand new creation, you're not an old thing renewed. You're new. You're brand new. You don't have the old things anymore. When you understand that, when you start to meditate and start to purchase these things from God, so to speak, using the terms that Jesus used, not just being fancy on, on saying purchase these things from God. That's the counsel that Jesus gave. Purchase, buy these things from me. Make it cost you, make these things worth it to you that I did these things for you. So number four for today is white garments is what you're to be clothed in. Finally, uh, one last verse for this number, for this point, go to revelation chapter 19, revelation chapter 19 and verse eight, revelation eight, 19 verse eight. And to her, this is speaking to the bride of Christ. Um, at the uh, uh, marriage supper of the lamb. He says, and to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the linen is the righteous acts of the saint. That linen, that clean, you ever have clean clothing that comes right out of the dryer? Warm, soft, especially if you use clothes, you know, a fabric softener and it's got a nice, you know, fabricy smell to it. Oh, it's so nice. Like this shirt, this shirt was came out of the dryer. It's nice and um, it's not. I mean, it's still warm. I'm a little hot right now, but it's it came nice and warm out of the dryer. And you know, oh, it feels wonderful. That's the that's the linen that we've been clothed with. That's the righteousness that's been placed on us. It's clean. 
soft, smells new. It's brand new. You're a new person, brand new creation. Uh, Number five, he says, uh, let's go back to Revelation three. Number five, eye salve. Anoint your eyes with eye salve. Let's go back to verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes, cover, smear your eyes there. Smear your eyes with eye salve that you may see, that you may see. Let me give you an example of this in Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 1. Turn back there with me quickly. Oops, 1 Corinthians, we went a little too far. Galatians and Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 18, right? Yes, verse 18. He says, the eyes that the eyes of your understanding, not not the eyeballs, put anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see. This is what he said, that the eyes of your understanding. So your, your inner understanding, the inner ability for you to understand or revelate or to get revelation of something has eyes. It has eyes to see. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And there's other scriptures that talk about your eyes being enlightened and and seeing beyond what you presently see. But he's saying, anoint your eyes to see so that you can be enlightened. This whole first chapter of Ephesians for... um, Several weeks for a couple years ago, for several weeks, I I would pray this every day. I would read Ephesians 1 as a prayer for myself and my family every day as this is something that can apply to me. You can do that with this verse, Ephesians chapter 1 and 18. Pray that the Lord may, uh, may open the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the hope, the confident expectation, the, the, the foresight, the ability to see beyond what you presently have and what's around you of the hope. There's hope. There's a future for you. This doesn't, this doesn't cause you to be lukewarm. This causes you to come out of your lukewarmness into a hot burning passion for the things of God, because you see the hope of his calling for you. And finally, number six, Uh, This would be number seven of the total part, but number six, be zealous, be zealous. Turn quickly back to Revelation three. We're, we're out of time for today, but I want to quickly get through this last point. Revelation chapter three, verse 18. I counsel you buy from me, jump down to verse 19. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous, be zealous. He said, Zealous, that word in the Greek is zelo, zelo, which means burn with envy in the pursuit of good. To burn with envy, burn with envy, meaning you, you're desirous of. Well, Dylan, envy is not a good thing. I wouldn't tell someone to be envy. Okay, go back and rewrite the Bible then. Because that's the Greek expression of what was said. Also, there's other places in the in the New Testament that says be envious of these gifts that God has provided. Go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says be envious of these gifts. I mean, you desire strongly to have them. You're not envying somebody else. 
or like somebody else's worldly possessions that they have. This is a different type of envy. You deeply desire, you have a passion for, you deeply desire certain things. Well, if Jesus is saying, be zealous, that means you have to turn it on. You have to, you have to flip the switch. It can't be something that you wait to happen to you. You have to turn the switch on. You have to go out and find it. You have to have desire. You have to purchase these things from God. He's already provided the gold refined with fire. He's already provided the white garments for you to be clothed in. He's already provided the enlightenment for your eyes to see that you would anoint your eyes with to be able to see. You have to go and get it. He didn't say, come, he didn't say, uh, hopefully it stumbles upon you. He said, come to me, buy from me, come to the place where we can do business Buy from me. That's the problem with lukewarm Christians today is they have stopped taking seriously the house of God. They've stopped taking seriously the men and women of God. They've stopped taking seriously God and they started focusing on themselves less on who God is, what God's done, and more on what themselves, what they, they themselves feel, how they react to things, and they're more self-centered, which is exactly what the Bible tells us will happen in these last days. People will, will be self-driven, self-oriented, self-conscious, more aware of themselves than anything else. And so God has given us three steps here and then a fourth commandment to do so that we can stop being lukewarm. I hope this helps you, hope it encourages you, and I hope you never get into a place where you're lukewarm. And if you do, you know where to find the answer to get out of it. I love you. Be blessed today. Share this with somebody. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel if you haven't already. I love you so much and I'm thankful for you, for everybody that subscribes, supports, and shares this channel so that we can reach people to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Love you. I'll see you on the next broadcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.